near basketball. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western form, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body to my spirit and soul. What, what, what? Welcome in to another episode of A Small Scoop of Sports. This is your co host, Jairo Gutierrez, welcoming you back after. A while we'll we'll get into uh, why we haven't been here, but as always, now it's episode 35. I am being joined by my co-host Chris Molina. Chris, what's good, man? How you doing? Hey, everyone! It's good to be back. Um, I wish we could be back on uh, different terms here, but like Heido said, this is our first episode back in about six weeks, um, and it's with a heavy heart that. Our first episode back since January 25th. It's going to be a tribute to our favorite athlete of all time. That's Heido and I, our favorite athlete, Mr. Kobe Bryant. (sighs) Heido, we wanted to do this episode. We talked about um, first thing coming back because I think it's I think it's the right thing. It's the right thing for us. It kind of helps with the healing process. You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. I uh, I could hear your voice, Chris, and um, I feel the exact same way, man. Uh, like you said, it's kind of ironic, kind of sad. I'm not sure what you know you can say, but January 25th is, as you mentioned, the last time we have posted an episode, and you know, literally a day later, this you know horrific accident happened. So. Um, you know, it took us a little bit of time to process everything. And again, I really, really feel a sentiment that you just said of this is a great way for us to heal. This is also why we needed a little bit of time, right? We needed a kind of a gap in between what happened and now, right? Do you, do you agree with kind of, you know, finally starting to maybe get into a normal feeling about this or, or, you know, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think at this point, it's more like a instead of coming to you in heartbreak sadness it's more of like in hopes of healing and like hopes to kind of like celebrate we what we were blessed to witness for 20 years in the purple and gold i i think that's where i come from here one 100 dude and uh you know for uh our listeners which i would imagine are few that don't know exactly what we're referring to as you said i mean obviously you mentioned kobe at the beginning but um, the detail is, you know, on, on January 26, uh, at approximately 9.06 a.m., and uh, Kobe and eight other passengers um, were boarding Kobe's helicopter to head to the um, Mamba Academy, now known as the Mamba and Mambasita Academy, for a game. Um, and at about 9.45, so literally you could say, four, you know, 40 minutes or so between leaving and unfortunately at about 9:45 the S76B helicopter crashed into a uh, hillside in Calabasas, California and it unfortunately killed all nine um, you know people on board so 
Uh, at this moment, I just want to acknowledge everyone on board. This wasn't only Kobe Bryant and his daughter was there as well, Gianna Bryant, Gigi. Um, so, you know, those are the two people that um, most everyone has heard of and, and been kind of mourning. But um, there was also, uh, as I mentioned, seven other passengers, including Christina Mauser, who was uh, an assistant coach with Kobe for the, uh, the Mambas. And then uh, there was also two of Gianna's teammates. Very sad. You have Alyssa Altobelli and both of her parents, Carrie and John Altobelli. Um, and then you also had Peyton Chester and her mom, Sarah Chester, who passed away. And, you know, uh, included in that was also the pilot, Ara uh, Zobayan, who obviously was, you know, in the mantle there with, with the helicopter. So, Chris, um, our condolences go to all the families, not only Kobe, Gigi, you know, Vanessa Bryant, but I think it's very important to um, realize that the world lost an icon. We lost literally our favorite sports hero of all time, but these people lost brothers, uh, I'm sorry, a, a sister, a mom, a dad, uh, could be an uncle, whatever it may be. So it's just um, a very, very hor horrific, uh, you know, tragedy. And uh, um, where, where were you, Chris, when when you first heard about this? What were your initial thoughts on, on the whole thing? Yeah, I had a, a really moving tribute there. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to those families as well. Um, to the survivors just know uh where they're in our thoughts a lot i know they're in my, i still think about that day all the time um as well as for example uh at least both of the parents passed accident they left a 16 year old girl lexi bell by herself with only her older brother um but the world has done a good job in lifting her up. Um, I know you saw Polinka's comments that one of the last things that Kobe did before um, before he passed when he was on the helicopter was trying to get him uh, to reach out to Scott Boris um, for Lexi for a baseball uh, internship. Because uh, for those that don't know, John Altavelli is a legendary um, legendary junior league baseball coach in Southern California. I mean, he's had guys like uh, Aaron Judge under his wing. Um, and that's what she wanted to do. And it I means Scott Boris reached out and everything's good to go. And like everyone's helping her out. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, what a uh, what a story, actually. I mean, story, but reality, of course, is um, Pelinka being up there, man, and saying that like, he literally was texting Kobe or you could say Kobe text him while he's at church on a Sunday morning and um, you know just the fact dude that uh, I think that says that they were fine man you know it was kind of an average um, day uh, also for those that don't know Kobe's been um, you know using a helicopter for I say the majority of his career um, being there in LA so this was you know again another kind of normal day i want to say and kobe just thinking about that and saying hey do you do you know scott boris at all Polinka says he was just actually here the other day at a game man and uh hits him up and as you said man it, it looks like now um boris is going to create that internship and um the last i guess deed of kobe's life literally was uh trying to help out you know someone that he knew with the resources that he had so it's uh obviously very sad but also 
very touching that um you know that was what he was thinking of uh i guess in his last minutes yeah yeah it is and just goes to show that uh Blinka almost didn't respond you know he's in church he put it until after church and you know he decided to respond or he said there was something there's something telling him too and you just never know when the last time you'll be able to talk to somebody is great a hundred percent dude a hundred percent is uh I think also, you know, we've all been there in church at some point or at an event where you're like, nah, man, I'll wait. I'll wait till after. He's probably done it hundreds of times yeah. being Rob Pelinka. And this one time, as you said, man, whatever it was up above, whatever it is you believe in. But um, it, it happened. He responded. And then literally, I'm sure as he stepped out of church, he, he was finding out. So um, very, very tragic. Chris, do you remember where you were, dude? Because I know personally, I'll never I'll never forget, you know, where I was and and kind of how that went down. Yeah, I was actually sitting like exactly where I am now at my desk. I was, you know, just going about life, trying to work a fantasy football trade. And uh, while I was waiting for my friend to respond, I was scrolling down Twitter and all of a sudden it pops up and uh, it was from TMZ. It was like Kobe Bryant deceased in a helicopter accident. I'm like, no, no, this can't be true. This can't be, I, I, like, that's how I was. I was just stuttering. Like, I, I, I sent it to you right away, and I know you respond, responded right away, kind of in the same sentiment. But um, maybe a half an hour after that, it was confirmed by local news stations. I spent the majority of that day just kind of sitting on the bathroom floor. Man, you know what? And, and you say it exactly. Actually, again, I'll never forget it you are the one that told me you know i didn't find out i didn't as sometimes you and i we go back and forth giving each other updates on you know a trade or or uh whatever i don't know a yankees pitcher it could be anything and i feel like we both get the updates via from team stream or you know espn whatever it is and we text each other on this particular time dude i didn't see it from anyone but you dude i see a text my boy chris open it and as you said man it was the tmz um you know tweet that was still like is this a joke is this a hoax did these guys mess up sometimes they try to be the first ones to break news but with something like this you want to be like they finally got it wrong and um i, I remember dude, i was driving here uh, in denver i know exactly where i was and i stopped and i got on twitter right away looking around and man like you said about half an hour later and now it started being ABC and, 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 you know, all these different channels that you're like, these guys are credible. This really happened. And Chris, I was the same way, man. I actually came home after that. I just literally laid on the couch and I watched ESPN all day. And, you know, I'll never forget. They just said, man, 1978 to 2020, Kobe smiling, mm-hmm. Chris. So, um, yeah, yeah. Please. Yeah, I... I, I mean, like, it was it was devastating. It was heartbreaking. Um, but the worst part about it to me was finding out about an hour later that his daughter and seven other people were on that plane as well, as if it wasn't bad enough, you know what I mean? It, dude, uh, I think that's what went through my mind, actually, when I, you know, when the initial um, information came out. It was like, obviously, Kobe wasn't flying it, but it's like, was he alone? Was he going to a meeting? What, like, where was he going? And you're right, man. I think that's the truly 
heartbreaking part of all this. Uh, of course, Kobe was young. Um, you know, the parents were, were relatively young, but 41 years of life, a full life, I would say, actually, in, in you know, comparison to almost anyone and three 13 year old girls, man. So, um, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. It's, it's sad, man. We would see, you know, her on the sidelines and how she kind of look up, looked up to him from his playing days. You know, having her after winning the championship, you know, sitting sitting on his lap, you know, for press conferences um, to the day he retired to like just a month previous to this when they were talking on, they were sitting courtside at the Brooklyn Nets game and, you know, they were talking shots. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, go yeah, ahead, bro. No, sorry, no, I was yeah. just thinking about that. It's like, man, yep. Yeah. Um, hey. I, the, the texts started flooding in from friends, you know, from family members. Just kind of like, uh, dude, I'm sorry. Like, did you see what happened? Like, yeah, I did. It was, I mean, <laughs> I cried. I cried a lot that day. A hundred percent. Dude, I, the same thing. I think people that I don't usually text with often, I would say, you know, shot me a text. I had a cousin, an auntie. Um, another friend that we haven't talked in a while like hey man I'm sorry and and you know that's kind of the I want to say kind of unfamiliar part of all this for me I don't know if you feel the same dude it's like I've never experienced um, you know a passing of someone that I cared about I'm saying a famous person so much to where you know you felt like you kind of knew them but it, it's kind of a weird feeling for me because we didn't know him, you know, obviously millions and millions of admirers that he had and how he impacted our lives. It's just a weird feeling, man. And, and something that, again, I had never gone through. And uh, there were a lot of tears. There were a lot of tears on that day and days following, man. I'd say a week or two still is, is uh, you know, very, very hard. And even, I'm sure you could even uh, like hear it in my voice that I'm holding, holding it back a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you you can hear definitely the crackling, dude, and, and this is very, very difficult, but, um, you know, if if there was anything that we can do, dude, I think to, to honor our guy, you know, our boy, our, our hero, it would be this, you know, we're fortunate, I think, to, to be able to do this podcast, have our listeners, and this is something that I don't think there's anything that means more to us in sports, Chris, you know, as, as we've talked about, bro, we, we came together as friends in costa rica actually probably because of kobe would you agree like you know like that was kind of the beginning of our relationship yeah yeah i still remember that trip you know there was a few of us that flew out of albuquerque where a few others flew out of i believe dallas and we all met in atlanta and like you know we we met each other you know for the flight you know when we're navigating atlanta's airport but I mean, we were all friendly, but like, I think what we really built the friendship was, you know, uh, hanging out over there on, in those like, in those summer nights, you know, talking basketball, watching, watching the Warriors and Rockets, reminiscing about Kobe at mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, dude. You're oh, I remember right now, man, watching that series at, uh, at you know, my Costa Rican parents, you could say, at their house and my Costa Rican dad being like, you know, I, I never watched this, you know, what's so important? And it was when the Warriors were coming up, playing against those hardened, tough, tough Rockets. So 
great point, Chris. Great point, man. And I think, you know, do you have anything else to say? I, I don't want to, you know, I kind of want to honor Kobe and, and, and be, you know, excited and talk about what he meant to us. Is there anything else you want to add before kind of getting into this? Yeah, um, just, uh, just to say, like, I don't know if, like, sports will ever be the same. Um, you're always going to be watching Lakers games just in the back of your mind. Um, knowing the Staples is the house that Kobe built. Um, and, you know, every once in a while, the crowd would break into, you know, Kobe chants. And um, it's just, it's tough. It, it's, like, I, I agree with you that, like, there's been numerous famous people that have died in the last 10 years or so. Super sad. Um, you know, just kind of like familiar you know for example stan lee the creator of marvel or paul walker went too soon um guys like that you know women uh but i don't think i've ever had anything affect me quite like this hat did or i mean even has uh a hundred percent man even mac miller comes yeah. to mind who is more recent you could say you know and and still one was hurt kind of sad about that but it still wasn't that same feeling i'm sure for some people it was and and it continues to be um but this is our situation with kobe and um again so unfortunate and yes sports will never be the same it's it's the all honest truth i think you know next year obviously one year anniversary two there's going to be five there's going to be ten people are always always going to remember kobe and as you said, man, he, he he inaugurated the Staples Center, really. The Lakers were there, obviously, in the, the first season um, of the building. <laughs> and he was there for 20 years, dude. So it was, uh, you know, historic. Uh, what a career. And um, without further ado, Chris, I want to say that to honor Kobe, you know, what we're going to do today is, again, with sorrow in our heart, with sadness, but at the same time with joy and celebrating who he was to us. Um, what we're gonna do today for our listeners is to properly honor him and his memory. Um, and also, you know, what he meant to Chris and I and different moments of our lives, different uh, spots, as well as his other fans. We're gonna do everything today about Kobe. This wasn't just an intro to talk about the sadness that happened and then that's it. We're actually going to talk all about Kobe. And what we're going to do first is both of us are going to go over some of our favorite Kobe moments. And we rank them from five to one. So both of us, you know, total, it'll be 10. We each have our top five moments. We're going to talk about what those meant to us um, during the time, as well as, you know, how it impacted people throughout, again, this 41 years of life. So... Without further ado, Chris, I'm excited to have a great episode for our boy, number eight, number two, four, the Black Mamba. Are you ready to start us off with your number five favorite Kobe man? Yeah, let's do it. Chris's number five all-time favorite Kobe moment from March 8th, 2013. With Howard rolling to the basket. And Kovac is in issue. He's going to have to shoot it with three, with two. In trouble. Four stop. And in. Unbelievable. You know how hard that shot is to make. Lakers down. In trouble. Quickly. Bryant. Three from the corner. Yes! Kobe! You can't score any quicker than that. Get it in. 
No timeouts to save yourself. And Blake gets it into Kobe. Kobe, good little fake. Three to tie! So what you just heard was Kobe Bryant on March 8th, 2013. So almost seven years ago to the day. Um, it was the 2012-2013 season. He hit three consecutive threes on the final three possessions of the game against the Raptors to send it in overtime. It was one of the most wild games that I've ever seen in my life. Um, that, that day he had 41 points and 12 assists. He also had the game winning dunk in overtime. Um, and that was a big game because uh, I'm sure every, uh, most people will remember that was the year they had Dwight Howard. They were struggling. Nash broke his leg at the beginning of the year. The night before that, he had he brought them back from 25 points down against New Orleans with 42 and 12. It was a it was an awesome game. Uh, do you remember that one, Heido? Man, that one was. Uh, I think more than anything, dude, what I remember is the difficulty of those shots. You know, it was Kobe-esque when obviously he hits the first one. And I think they the were double down clutch. Still. Yeah, oh my <laughs> God, dude. Where it's the, the play where, you know, a defender's right on him. He's already pumped. The defender did not jump. He's right on him, does it again. And then he's like, I'm just going to shoot it regardless. Hits it and the fans get excited. Then, like you said, man, comes back another one and then the third is just like oh my it, it, that's when you knew this is a kobe bryant moment you know what i'm saying this isn't any not anyone not just anyone can do this that's when you once you hit that third you're like we're seeing something special like this is one of those ones we're gonna remember once he retires and here we are dude so yes i do remember and again that's what sticks out to me was like the difficulty, you know, the difficulty of the shot was just the shot was crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah, the defender was draped all over him in the first one. Uh, shot clock winding down, so he had to put it up. And then in the second one, um, it was like it took like literally like one second. Nash passed it from out of bounds, perfect corner turnaround three, got it. <laughs> and then the next one was awesome too. If if you listen to Stu, um, call that call that play right there bill and Stu. Stu lance has been calling lakers games for 30 years um he was like in disbelief he like he was stuttering he was um <laughs> he was just like i don't get it how do they keep leaving this guy well not open but like how do they not double him or triple him even <laughs> he he was at a loss for words <laughs> he didn't know how to he didn't know what to say again because the first one is like, I. Right. The second one's like, no way. The third one's just like, he lost it, dude. He definitely <laughs> lost it. And um, also very important that you made the point is like where the Lakers were in that season, kind of, you know, with it was supposed to be this super successful, maybe championship caliber team. And at that point, Kobe was actually putting the squad on his shoulders and doing things just to get us into the playoffs, maybe overexerting himself, as we know how that season ended but um you know just a great great moment in that season where it was like damn we kind of needed that win <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um 
Dwight Howard, he didn't really work out the first time. Um, you know, Nash with the injury, like I said, and then D'Antoni had no idea how to use Pau Gasol. He was like, you're seven foot and you don't know how to shoot threes in seven seconds or less offense. What's going on here? So Kobe had to play all, um, I, I'll have to look up his minutes, but like he played a ton of minutes, a lot of fourth quarters, like all 12 minutes when um, usually he'd come in, you know, between the eight and the seven minute mark in the fourth quarter and close it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a great game. Any last thoughts on it before we move on to your number five? Just again, actually one of the dopest sequences of Kobe, just thinking I'm, I'm playing it back in my mind, bro. And for anyone that hasn't seen it, doesn't remember it, go back, put that in. As uh, Chris said, March 8th, 2013. Just YouTube it, just so you can see I mean, the you, difficulty. <laughs> yeah, you could hear it well, from here. You could hear how excited everyone was, but you got to see it as well if you haven't seen it yet. Correct, correct. So I love it, dude. Now let's get into uh, my number five play. Hi, Rose. Number five, all-time favorite, Kobe moment from May 12th, 2002. So the clip you just heard right there was uh, the game-winning rebound and putback from Kobe against the San Antonio Spurs in the 2002 Western Conference semifinals, Game 4. So it was uh, the Lakers were up 2-1 to one, um, in the series in San Antonio. And so, uh, again, what you hear here is Kobe having the ball. It was 85-85. He was at the top of the key dribbling it down with about 15 seconds left. There was like nine, nine left on the shot clock. He makes his move against Bruce Bowen and actually dribbles it off of Bruce Bowen's foot, which is what you hear there. The ball goes back almost to half court. Derek Fisher recovers it. And once he gets it, there's not much time left. He dribbles the ball, shoots a very contested jumper with about zero left on the shot clock. So he had to do it. Then Kobe flies in from the three-point line, skies up, gets the offensive rebound, puts it back in with 5.1 seconds left and the Lakers win 87 to 85 in San Antonio. Um, Kobe finished with 28 points, seven rebounds, three assists in that game. And more importantly, the Lakers went up three to one in the Western Conference Finals against the Spurs. And it's so significant. This moment was so important, I think, because without this game, if they lose this one, it's two to two. Um, They would be heading back to L.A., but the Spurs and the Lakers both finished 58 and 24 that year. And the Spurs finished in second while the Lakers were third. So it could have completely changed everything um, in that third championship run. But Kobe got it done here. Um, And more than anything as well, dude, I really like this play because it was completely unconventional for Kobe. You know, he didn't have the ball. He lost it and he had to go get an offensive rebound put the game winner in so um again if you you want to see that one western conference finals against the spurs in 2002 western conference semifinals i'm sorry so uh chris what do you what comes to mind um you know hearing this one and then now knowing obviously exactly what what went down yeah that was a series clinching play right there like you said tough tough series two teams back basically deadlocked 
um, for the listeners, Tim Duncan that series had 29 points and 17 rebounds per game. Uh, he was an absolute animal. Like game five, we won by six in LA. He had 34 and 25 that game. It just goes to show that Kobe and Shaq had to put in a spectacular effort to take these guys down in five games. And if not for that putback in game four, who knows how this series might have turned out at that point. Great point, dude. I think uh, Kobe, that's another thing, dude. He kind of, in a way, overshadowed Tim Duncan. Um, You know, I think just in like popularity, but people that obviously know the game and remember all these, you're so right, dude. Timmy D was a beast a savage there's really you know there's so many ways you can describe him he was literally almost as dominant in a different way as Shaq was because like you said what was that 29 and 17 I believe you said um for Timmy for, for Timmy yeah for Timmy you know so he was putting yeah. up some numbers that are just he actually in, outplayed Shaq <laughs> exactly dude and, and, and when how often can you say at least those three years who outplayed Shaq really you know what I'm saying and this one was almost definitive like yeah Timmy D if it wasn't clear he was right there battling Shaq every single moment and dude maybe if we go two to two you never know there is no 3P and uh, the last team to have one would have been the Chicago Bulls (laughs) yeah yeah big big game big shot Um, he he was playing 44 minutes a game that year um, putting up 26 5 and 5 um, very, very solid numbers. Shaq was at 21 and 12. So those two um, with that Her- Herculean, is it Herculean? Herculean effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the word, bro. <laughs> Thanks. Herculean effort there capped off by a signature moment for Kobe. I really do enjoy your number five overall pick. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Let's get into number four for Mr. Molina. This is number four all-time favorite Kobe moment from April 15, 2004. Bryant out top against Patterson. Kobe cannot get Patterson in the air. A wild Just when you think the basketball gods can't get any cooler. No, I've told you before, this is not the guy you want to let shoot the shot in this building. It seems to be home for him. And with one, one left, Kobe Bryant ties the ball game up as only Kobe Bryant can do. He makes it, he makes it. in a catch-and-shoot situation, they they got too few. They switched. Bryant was able to catch that ball cleanly. Theo Ratliff comes running out. It's a good shot. No way this will be overturned. And the Lakers have won the Pacific Division title. What you just heard there was two different shots Kobe hit on April 15th, 2004 against the Portland Trailblazers. The first one was to tie it. The second one in double overtime down by two was to win it. And just a couple of facts about this game before we talk about those actual shots were just just super outlandish. Um, 
They need the Lakers needed a win on the last night of the season to wrap up the Pacific Division and secure the number two seed in the West. If he doesn't make both of those shots, they would have finished as the four instead of the two, and the Kings would have won the Pacific Division, which means in uh, the Lakers played the Mavs and the Wolves. Uh, or the Rockets and the Spurs, sorry. And we would have had to go through the Mavs and the Wolves at that point. Who knows? You never know what could have happened, how uh, history could have changed at that point. Um, But yeah, those were crazy shots. Wouldn't you say, Haido? Super, super difficult again, dude. I think both of your picks so far um, literally have been some of Kobe's most incredible shots. As everyone heard there, um, you know, the announcers get crazy. They're like, what the, like, again, it's, uh, I think, a feeling. They were so sad. So sad, dude. It's a feeling, again, that very few players that come to mind can evoke that feeling, you know, and especially on the road, obviously Portland being somebody in those days where we were just straight battling. And again, dude, I just cannot stress enough the difficulty go and watch these shots that kobe made another i think this was like a triple pump dude a triple yeah he's like what am i gonna do against against the self-proclaimed kobe (laughs) stopper in ruben patterson (laughs) and kobe hit not one two unbelievable shots and looking at the standings chris you nailed it again man i mean the t wolves were number one that year at 58 and 24 and we would have had to play them at some point um, and if we had lost and not finished in the second seed, yet we we did it. Kobe did it, got it done for us. Great, great call. And um, just a, a historic game, man. Again, uh, I think those are moments where even when you have a player like Shaq on your team, it, it just isn't enough. Sometimes you need someone like Kobe to hit or at least attempt these crazy shots, dude. So um, just yeah. brings a lot a lot of excitement, you know what I mean? Because ah, I love beating Portland. Again, back in the day, of course, still today, but it was they were our rivals. And again, the self-proclaimed Kobe stopper, nah, bro. <laughs> right, right, yeah. The triple pump, um, couldn't get him off his feet. Had to follow a three as time expired. And the, the announcers were just unbelievably amazed at that point. <laughs> And then when he hit the shot in double overtime, it was just silence. They're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Is this guy for real? Like, please, <laughs> wow. Please stop. <laughs> um, he, how crazy is it to say, like, you won your division on the last night of the regular season with a buzzer beater three in double overtime? Double again. Again, dude. A Kobe Bryant moment. And, dude, looking at the box score of this game, Kobe finished with 37, but more importantly, in the fourth, he had 12. And in double overtime, he had six of the uh, 10 points. So it's like, he just came to ball, dude. You know, Kobe just showed up when you needed him the most. Yes, exactly. And without both of those shots, you know what we wouldn't have got in the Western Conference semifinals? What's that? The Derek Fisher point four in game five. Wow, that's actually, oh, dude, that's a what if kind of one of those. uh, That's crazy. That's super crazy because, yeah, you're right. We obviously would not have been playing them more than likely um, in that position. And dang, dude, actually that this, if you think about it that way, 
this these plays here in Portland kind of changed the trajectory of a lot because a lot of people said of like a career <laughs> yeah and, and a lot of people said that that Spurs team specifically was better than the Lakers just a couple of bounces didn't go their way certainly a point four game winner would fit into that category um and we wouldn't have <laughs> even been there so good call dude good call yeah yeah appreciate that um so you ready to uh you ready to get into your number four number four let's go hi Rose. number four all-time favorite Kobe moment from August 24th, 2008. Kobe, always known for loving to take big shots, a big game player, and they work it around. Rudy Fernandez a little late on the closeout. That's three and a foul. Kobe wants to silence those who aren't cheering for the U.S. So the clip you just heard is from the 2008 Olympics, the gold medal game that was on August 24th, 2008. This was against Spain. Um, at this point, Spain came into the game six and one. Team USA was seven and zero. Oh. And uh, you know, kind of for historical context, um, in 2004, Team USA failed to win the gold medal. They actually didn't even win a silver medal. They left Athens with a bronze medal. So. Um, for USA, for American basketball, that was a huge debacle, just a complete embarrassment. And so the significance of this run in 2008 was huge. It was big time. It was like, all right, let's go back and let's go take what is ours. Um, and as we know, many stars kind of weren't a part. It wasn't the best team in 04, whereas in 08, they said, let's bring everybody. And so what you heard in this specific clip was, um, Team USA was up 104 to 99 with three minutes and 20 seconds left. Kobe gets the ball. He has it on the left side behind the three. And he just jab steps Rudy Fernandez. And then he pulls the three, drains it, and the foul. Rudy Fernandez fouls out. Kobe hits the, the three and the free throw. And then the, the Team USA pretty much locked it up right there. It was 108-99. At that point, it was like all right, we can celebrate. But up to that point, Spain still had hope. The Gasol brothers were balling. Rudy was also balling. And Chris, best of all, if you watch the clip, it's the one where he hits the three and he just stands there and does the shush sign. He just <laughs> shushes the crowd and he says, yeah, this is, this is Team USA. And for me, dude, it was number four just because, again, who better to do that, to silence the, the haters or whatever you want, the doubters, then Kobe Bryant after hitting a huge shot, finishing second on the team and scoring for the night with 20 points. Only Dwayne Wade had more at 27. And hey, Team USA brought back the gold with a 118-107 win. So, um, you know, what do you remember about this, Chris? What, what comes to mind thinking about this specific game? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the date of this game. Mm-hmm. 82408 I think that's that's kind of crazy uh that's not a coincidence that on Kobe Bryant day um he hits the biggest shot for the country like not even just for like a team like this isn't like the Lakers uh in like a first round matchup or something this is a basically a shot to win the gold medal after you said like the debacle in 2004 everyone's like okay 2008 we got to make it our mission to win gold here 
and Spain was loaded. Pau Gasol, Marc Gasol, um, Rudy Fernandez, Ricky Rubio was a part of that team. Um, yeah, yeah. Dude, these guys, Juan Carlos Navarro was good. There was a couple, of, I mean, they had a good team, dude. They, there's, it wasn't a coincidence that um, we played them back to back in uh, in uh, gold medal games because they were, I mean, they were second best. Just sorry, bro. <laughs> what yeah, else can exactly. we say? You know what I mean? Um, so the, it was just pretty iconic. Um, it was one of those cool moments that if you're a big time Olympics fan, big time basketball fan, you'll always be fond of that moment. A hundred percent. And um, another, I guess, kind of. Uh, career context for Kobe is this game or you could say this run was also the beginning of the Lakers going to three straight uh, championships again you know so it was literally at the end of this summer I'm sure you know he, he started working again the season starts pretty abruptly and there you go we went to 08 we won in 09 and 10 so just kind of uh, significant in that sense you know it's like all right, I won this one. Now it's time. I got to go get mine because they say that I can't win without Shaq. So, and also, Powell ends up coming to the Lakers that February, which is kind of funny because at the moment, it still wasn't, you know, there, there wasn't that much hope. Whereas it becomes something like, oh my gosh, now this guy can take him back to the, to the promised land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that summed it up nicely. It was a really it was a really successful part of Kobe's career. This was also right after he won his first regular season MVP as well. Um, his first and his only, unfortunately. We both we both think he should at least have two or three, but we're happy that he did get that one in two thousand eight. That's right. Well, uh, I would say at least two, but it's okay. We're cool with that uh, with that one, bro. So, uh, ready to get into number three? Yep, let's do it. This is number three all-time favorite Kobe moment from December 20th, 2005. Kobe's at 58. 91-60. With 26 seconds left. And now Kobe for three. Okay, number three, it takes you back to December 20th, 2005 against the Dallas Mavericks. He put up 62 points through three quarters. The craziest thing about that, which has never happened before in history, other than this game, is that the Mavs as a team had 61 through three quarters. So Kobe outscored the entire Mavericks team. People might be like, eh, what were the Ma- Mavericks that year? Oh, the Mavs, 60 win team. They reached the finals. It was a a heck of a finals matchup against the Heat that year that they didn't win, but um, they still had 60 wins, and Kobe basically beat them by himself. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> again, you picking some <laughs> crazy one. I'm here with my girlfriend, bro, and I'm recording. You know, we're here at our house, and I, I, uh, I was telling her right before we started, like, yo, Kobe had 62 at the end of the third, and the entire other team had 61. She's like, what? Like, I'm like, yeah. He literally <laughs> outscored awesome. the team. And it's just, as you said, dude, this wasn't like the worst 
team in the NBA or, you know, one of the bottom feeders, not at all. Like this was literally the Western Conference representative for that season, which arguably should have won. That's <laughs> that's an argument for another <laughs> yeah. day. Uh, some refs had a little bit of something to do with it, but that's for another day. You're right, man. 62 in three quarters, bro. Quick question. Do you know what Kobe, I'm not sure if you'll know this one, what Kobe told Brian Shaw that night? I don't know if that will bring it up. Maybe that's not giving up enough. Does anything come to mind or not really? No, you're going to have to clue us in here. <laughs> so, no, so Brian Shaw um, asks Kobe, like, hey, do you want to go into the game in the fourth quarter? Obviously, he's at 62. And um, like, go in there and get 70. What does Kobe say? He looks at the score. The Lakers are, I mean, the game was out of reach. And he's like, nah, I'll get it another day. <laughs> and then, Are you alluding to something here? There's exactly. Possibly and, something uh, coming know, up. We, it may be, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing, but <laughs> just the thought, think about how crazy that is. Like, are you sure, bro? Like, you have a chance at getting 70 at least. I mean, who can do that? Nah, man, I'm good. I'll do it another time. Just think <laughs> that is Kobe Bryant in my mind, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I just, that's what comes to mind here. It's like, wow, bro, what a guy. What the audacity on this guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, this, like you said, there might be a little foreshadowing, but this year it was Kobe's highest scoring uh, year of his career. We'll get into more than one game from this regular season slash postseason, maybe Kobe's best of all time. Um, but those kind of numbers are something you try and do on like 2K. Like back when Kobe, like, you know, 2012, that 2K that came out, like, I would try and outscore my friends or my online opponents with Kobe by himself. And he actually did it in real life. <laughs> in real, a hundred percent, dude, that's a, dude, pass it to someone else. No, nah, bro, I'm just shooting with Kobe, that's it. Uh, They'll pass it one, to me for the yeah. assist. <laughs> uh, PlayStation Xbox is one thing, uh, real life is another story, bro. And did, you said that this is the only time that's ever happened, right? Where one, <laughs> I mean, obviously I imagine it might be but uh, just it's outscoring a whole other team besides maybe Will, I'd imagine, or something like that. I don't even think Will did it. Like um, the article I read, um, because I was curious if it has ever happened. They said it's never happened before, and that includes like the even the recent games. Like I think Clay had sixty and three quarters, but he didn't outscore the entire team by himself. Um, <laughs> that's I, just <laughs> that's just a wild stat, bro. It's like we're thinking if it happen again but if it happened again it's just incredible it should like what player in any level of basketball outscores an entire team in three quarters much less at the highest level possible yeah i, I can't think of anyone else besides kobe bean bryant mr bryant all right do well beautiful beautiful number three let's get into my number three and see what's good hi those number three all-time favorite kobe moment from June 14th, 2000. Get a stop here and give themselves a chance to take the lead and you know Kobe is gonna go to work again. Here he is over Jackson. How good is this kid? So you don't wanna foul now because you got one to give, they won't shoot free throws. Shaw, running one-hander, followed in by Kobe Bryant. So for my number three moment, you actually just heard two different clips. 
So uh, this this moment here is from Game Four of the 2000 NBA Finals on June 14th, 2000, uh, which is actually happens to be my birthday. So I was oh, happy 30... birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was turning six years old. It was a rager that day, bro. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so this night, uh, great, great game in Indiana. Um, what you heard there is that uh, first of all. Kobe, you didn't hear this there, but Kobe missed game three um, with an injured left ankle. So Thanks the Lakers lot, lost Rose. that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. Jalen was trying to pull off any way to get a ring. And so he misses game three. Lakers lose 100 to 91. So the series is 2-1. And this game here in Indiana, what happens is Shaq fouls out of the game with 230 left in OT. So with that time, now it's just Kobe. Still, obviously, very close game. Two minutes left, and Kobe hits a jumper over Reggie Miller, Chris. It's 114-111. The first clip you hear, one minute and 20 seconds left. Kobe hits another jumper over Mark Jackson to make it 116-113. After that, another great moment that was not in the clip. Kobe gets a block on Austin Crozier with 36 seconds Crozier. left. Lakers still up 118-115. Now they score. It's 118-117, Chris. All right, 118-117. The Lakers have the ball, and they couldn't get the ball to Kobe. He was very well guarded. So Brian Shaw, who I just mentioned, had to take a contested runner in the lane. He misses, but who's there? Kobe Bryant. The second clip that you hear, he gets a rebound, puts it in. The Lakers go up 120 to 117 and they end up winning the game going up three to one chris if kobe doesn't do this if he doesn't in a way bail out shaq let's remember this is the first championship of the lakers this is number one it's two to two game five would have been in indiana oh they got wrecked too you, you yeah exactly so uh from there it went to three two and then obviously we got it done in game six but the significance of this moment bro is just uh people if you look at the stats Shaq was an animal he was the NBA Finals MVP but none of that happens if number eight isn't there bro so that's why this is my number three moment the significance of it you never know maybe the Lakers don't even end up winning a championship they could break up whatever it may be at that point as well man and sorry to to kind of ramble this one just means a lot to me um is that the Lakers, I think this was already Kobe and Shaq's third or fourth year on the Lakers. So it was kind of getting to a point where like, yo, are these guys going to get it done? Or are we going to have to make a move? What are we going to do? Again, if they lose this game, you never know what can happen. They didn't and went up 3-1, bro. So what comes to mind, uh, you know, with this moment? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, he missed game three because Jalen Rose admitted that he was trying to hurt Kobe's ankle. He was successful. Uh, the Lakers lose. And then game four, big game. Uh, Shaq fouls out. Kobe actually had 28 points, um, which is, I mean, everyone gives, everyone used to give all the credit to Shaq. Like, oh, Kobe just had Shaq. Like, well, no, they were both awesome. They were both super awesome. Um, and this, I mean, Kobe was a young, young lad. He was a young lad at the time. Um, and if it could change the course of history, like you said, um, they go back to Indiana, they lose by 33 in game five. Um, and then game six, they're able to pull it off, but you never know. It could, it could be, you know, 
them going to game seven they might not win who knows what happens at after that point yeah that dude and you know what the the fact that you said about his age that's a great point because it'd almost be like if let's say luca now had a performance of of a lifetime in the nba finals that's another thing that people tend to forget it becomes you know everything is history but kobe was clutch and had these amazing moments at the age of 21 it literally in his third or fourth year was making plays that are obviously going to be talked about forever so great point there and hey it was the first championship we saw and uh the first of, of five fortunately so um great great game ready to get into numero dos yep and numero dos let's do it this is number two all-time favorite Kobe moment from January 22nd, 2006. Four away from Elgin Baylor's Laker record. Yes! <laughs> well, there's 70. Kobe's got the Laker record. <laughs> An 81-point game. 55 in the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history. What you just heard might have been Kobe Bryant's most famous game of his career and one of the most famous games in all of NBA history. It was the night he put up 81 points against the Toronto Raptors and make a reappearance on our top 10 moments list. Uh, this game occurred on January 22nd, 2006. Kobe, 81 points, second highest scoring game of all time, um, only behind Wilt's 100 even. Wilt kept it 100, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> Kobe in that game, he was 28 for 46, so he shot 61%. When you hear 81 points, you're like, oh, he probably just, you know, he's probably just chucking the entire time, but he shot 61% while doing so. Um, the Lakers were 21 and 19 at the same time. And like we alluded to earlier, this was a month after Kobe put up 62 against the Mavericks in three quarters as opposed to their 61. So in just a span of a month, he had two of of the most incredible scoring games of all time. And then one interesting note, the Lakers current play-by-play guy, Bill McDonald, great guy, great commentator for Spectrum Sports. This was his first career game calling the Lakers. Um, the main play-by-play guy had something come up. So he was called up. He was doing like a pregame show, you know, pregame sit around chat about the Lakers show. And that was his first game. How it, how insane is that? That that guy, I'll tell you right now, Bill is, I don't care how many games he calls, anything, it doesn't matter. Dude, you can't start off any better. That is... <laughs> amazing when you told me that so obviously the other day i'm like wait what and I, I mean we know him his voice you know famous guy dude what what was he thinking going home that night you know like oh uh, yeah i just saw this pretty much you could almost <laughs> say almost the best scoring performance of all time no hate to will he was playing against some i mean the dude averaged 50 points and 25 rebounds for a season so you know it just kind of goes to show the competition whereas Kobe, like you said, man, shot 46 times, but he was shooting jumpers. He wasn't shooting dunks. He, you know what I mean? Sure, there was here and there, but, dude, it was a great, great performance. And what you said, dude, January uh, 22nd, 
and the 62 was on December 20th, bro. That's why he, nah, I'll get it another day. A month later, he literally broke it by 19 points. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's you know wild. <laughs> um, another interesting note is he outscored for the entire game, he outscored the entire Raptors starting lineup by a point. <laughs> He had 81, and the Raptors starting lineup, which included Chris Bosh and included Jalen Rose, had 81 point, or 80 points. I that was about to highlight Jalen Rose. So we talked about him. He was there in the Pacers again. His closest shot at ever winning a title. Maybe they could say, "Oh, if we win that game, maybe they win it." All right. And then literally six years later, the greatest scoring performance again. Say second greatest. On yeah. him specifically, you know, <laughs> like sorry, Jalen. He was the Talk. main defender. Um, people joke about him all joke about it all the time with him on Twitter. Um, like if you just tweet something like, well, I don't know about it anymore, but like if you just tweet something like, oh, let me share my three thoughts about the game, and people would be commenting like, don't you mean your eighty-one thoughts on the game, <laughs> <laughs> dude? That also reminds me. Have you? Did you ever see the commercial that Kobe <laughs> with Kobe? <did>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the what is it, dude? I think he has a, a drink and it's like the olives, right? He's all yeah, but like a martini. <laughs> <laughs> it's a martini, and the the wait, waiter's all. Mr. Bryant, do you want uh, an olive? So what is this? 81. Yeah, I'll take 81. <laughs> I'll They're take just staring it. at each other because Jalen was right there. <laughs> oh, man. Just incredible, dude. What a, uh, again, historic performance. And you called it, dude. This is one of the ones that, to the day, Jalen gets clowned. I'm sure if he starts, you know, mouthing off or whatever on Twitter, people, they'll just won't even say anything. They'll just put 81. That's it. <laughs> And he seemed to be a good sport about it, um, you know, kind of leaned into it. But yeah, yeah, you nailed it. Anytime you say anything, it's just 81. <laughs> 81, bro. What a call. And that number two, I mean, it's it's tough, bro. So, uh, and you, you did mention this is arguably Kobe's best game ever. Let's get into my number two. I want to debate this a little bit. Okay, let's do it. Heido's number two. All-time favorite Kobe moment from April 13th, 2016. What you just heard there is my opinion of the Mamba's greatest game ever. So that was the clip of Kobe Bryant in his final game um, against the Utah Jazz. He just went crazy. It was April 13th of 2016. So we're coming up on the four-year anniversary of Kobe's last game. And for those of you that don't know, Kobe went out with a 60 point game so um the significance of the game gets uh, kind of left out just because the lakers had obviously a horrible season um finishing at 17 and 65 but the um historical context of kobe's career and ending it this way um first thing that you know comes to my mind is hearing Shaq and all the times he said that goes to the game 
he daps up Kobe before the game and he says, "Hey, I want you to drop 50." And Kobe, and you know, and he and Shaq says, "I was just saying that to him, man. I mean, it's his 20, it's his last game. The guy's been playing for 20 years. We know what kind of physical condition he was in compared to his prime." And after the game, he says. The mother effort dropped 60. <laughs> I'm like, damn, bro, that's, that's crazy. Like, again, so Kobe to do this. And uh, I also want to highlight he did go 22 for 50. So Kobe shot 50 times, 44%. It's pretty solid. Yeah, um, solid. It, it's just, it, it's funny to, to think, and Kobe said it as well. He says, my whole career, they said, I never passed the ball. And he goes, my last game, they just wanted me to shoot. He says, well, why don't you guys do this before? <laughs> and it's just super funny to me, man. And again, nobody's ever done it, ended it this way. So this is why I think this is Kobe's just like straight up masterpiece, bro. What do you think? How, how would you compare it? Again, 81, amazing. I just think those old legs to do what he did, bro, is just something else. I, I'll never forget this night. I was working at a, at a fundraising call center for New Mexico State. And I was like bummed that I was going to miss the first quarter of the game um, because I was at work. And I asked my I asked my supervisor, I was like, uh, "Can do you think I can leave early?" Uh, I explained to her, you know, Kobe's last game, big fan. And she's like, "Tell you what, if you can get another donation from an alumni, an NMSU alumni, uh, I'll let you go home early." And not one minute later was I talking to someone who ended up donating. I got I got home, got to turn on the TV just as they tip off. That's kind of wild to me. Dang, dude! I didn't know that story. That's actually yeah. a really cool story. So whoever whoever that alumni was, dude, yeah, shouts. <laughs> Please, I hope you're listening. That's amazing, dude. That's actually a really cool story, and therefore you were able to watch not only the last game because, dude, it was gonna be special for us no matter what. If you would have left with twenty, like it would have been damn we got to see the last game you know the right. fact that he got the 60 dude and then we won because then that would have been another thing what if kobe dropped 60 you still lose by one or two whatever it just the the you moment the wouldn't be the winner, same like, <laughs> you, like I mean, everyone heard <laughs> on the clip it, it's amazing yeah um and then another story about that night you know i get home i watch the first quarter i'm super hyped uh i believe he had what 21 in the first quarter mm -hmm. um so 21 in the first quarter and then um, I post on Facebook, you know, uh, I had to I had to give him a tribute. And then at the end, I'm like, go get 60, Kobe. And he did. <laughs> he did. Uh, dude, actually. So that's what I thought. He had 15 in the first. 15. And by yeah. And by half, he was. That's what it was. That's the incredible part, bro. He only had 22 points at half. That was it. He was 12 for 45 before the last three minutes and 21 seconds of that. No, not 12 for 45, 17 for 45 before the last three minutes and 21 seconds of that game. And he hit all five of his uh, last shots to get them from down 10 to win to like a W. That was awesome. It's, it's really, really crazy to think, dude, that he did all that again on those old legs. And another thing that uh, people some people remember of course is that that very same night dude the warriors broke the record it was the final game of the season they were playing against memphis and they broke the all-time single season scoring record so i remember i've heard you know since kobe's passing some podcasts and stuff of like um rachel nichols ramona shelburne saying they were like 
are we going to go see the the Warriors break the all-time record? And they said, nah, we, we can't. We have to stay here. We have to watch Kobe's last game. And he gave them, I mean, I think the decision was worth it 100 out of 100 times, you know. But just, again, the historical context of the league, the greatest season of all time, arguably, for a team. And Kobe did something incredible on the exact same night to where a lot of people missed or didn't even care about the Warriors breaking the right. record. That is it crazy. was Kobe's night. You know what I mean? So just It was Kobe's night, like you said. Um, just one last note uh, from me. So uh, that night... I want everyone to go back watch the clip again I watch it probably once a week for the last four years the last uh, 3.21 of that game everyone was just in disbelief what he was doing just Jack was fired up on the sideline Jay-Z Snoop Dogg every, <laughs> yeah he was fired up Snoop is dancing bro yeah, yeah. He's, he's taking the selfie video of himself <laughs> and he's just getting rowdy yes and then I mean the Stu, Stu Lance, it's just laughing. He was just laughing at how amazing it was, how incredible. He was at a loss for words. It's It gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. Percent, everyone, if you have, like Chris said, a good five minutes to just chill, watch those last uh, three, three minutes of this game. It was actually incredible. The Lakers, I believe, Chris, were down about nine points with like three minutes left, bro and kobe just did what he does so um great call on that and without further ado ready to finish it up with our number one kobe moments yeah yeah i'm excited chris's number one all-time favorite kobe moment from december 4th 2009. wade is guarding brian artest looking gets it to brian Brian dribbling, has to put it up at the buzzer, banks it in, oh, he banks in the three, and the Lakers win the game. So my number one favorite moment of all time after we went, and we went uh, turn by turn, and we picked each one so that way we both could talk about five different ones. My number one game against the Heat, December 4th, 2009. Kobe, you just heard him hit the buzzer beater to win it. They're coming off a championship that year. They had won seven in a row. They got everything they could handle from D Wade, who's the reigning scoring champ. Kobe dropped 33 that night, 17 in the fourth quarter. And one of my favorite all-time game-winning calls of all time, Kobe, and he banks in the three, and the Lakers win the game. Oh, my goodness. I could listen to that over and over and over again. In fact, after this podcast, I probably will. Um, also, when so this happened when I was 15. I would go out and try and emulate that shot, you know, uh, moving to my left, uh, fading away from about three point distance with the shot, like has to hoist it up at the buzzer. Oh, and just to see if I'd make it. But most of the time I'd miss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a pretty hard shot to make, bro. Uh, Particularly if you have a um, all world uh, defender on you. Yes, (laughs) that as well. I don't, just had the air. <laughs> don't worry. I was the same. I uh, my, my game winning percentage was rather low on my uh, home court. 
but <laughs> nonetheless your boy was out there trying just like you were um what a moment dude again uh first of all over uh, a hall of famer in D Wade who could not have played better D bro like he was in Kobe's jersey he was right on him Kobe had to do a one legged like you said running to his left one legged shoot it and what a game winner and as you know I listened to the clip bro I could just see the play happening you know what I'm saying that's how how um ingrained this moment is from Kobe to me and what a call dude I mean again it's Breen right that that does the yeah, call yeah yeah so, thankfully it was Mike Breen he mm-hmm. is a legend exactly he has those great great calls um on the game winner and again the shot is just crazy dude i mean the difficulty is is wild and again being the champions as you mentioned we were getting the best shot from everyone every single night of course d wade was in his prime so um you know what what a moment bro and it just brings back some very happy memories of those those seasons that season was spectacular like we'll get we'll get into a, a little bit more of uh what also transpired in that season um i mean everyone knows they ended up winning their second title in a row over the boston celtics in 2010 same season seven games it was a pretty crazy series um kobe gets his second finals mvp it's pretty uh i still remember where i was at that time but like if it weren't for shots like that i don't know where we would have been that year 100% and that was also the year where Kobe was um I think he had another like four or five wasn't that when when he hit the game winner Yeah, I think uh, he hit on seven the total. <laughs> it was seven, right? Okay, so he had I know the game winner against the Sacramento Kings. You can look that one up. He hits it from the corner at the buzzer and then just puts his hand straight up. He had a fadeaway against the Bucks in Milwaukee. I think it was over Raja Bell, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was a very difficult shot. Hit that game winner. He hit this one against the Heat. I mean, there were several that season. Over Ray Allen. Wow. Another another double, (laughs) triple pumper, whatever you want to call it. Um, Dude, just I'm telling you, just thinking about these things, Kobe had some incredible moments. I mean, it wasn't just once, twice. This dude did it all the time. And... Great point, dude. We don't know where we would be without these kind of shots. You don't know what happens to a team. You lose a couple here. Your seeding changes. Everything can change. But Kobe got it done, bro. So what a moment. What a moment indeed. Um, And I think I can safely say what we're about to talk about might be our favorite uh, moment, like both of our favorite moments of all time. You ready to get into it, Haido? Let's do this, bro. Number one, I agree. Number one for both of us. Let's do it. Hi, Dose. Number one, all-time favorite Kobe moment from April 30th, 2006. As Chris said, the two clips you just heard are both of ours, not just one, both of ours, 
favorite moment of Kobe Bryant. So um, what happened here, you heard there the game tying shot from Kobe in regulation. Um, uh, this is against the Phoenix Suns on April 30th, 2006. This was the first round of the playoffs where uh, the Lakers were the seventh seed, the Suns were the two seed. And then the second clip you hear is Kobe's overtime buzzer beating jumper from the elbow. Hubie Brown says, oh, you got to get a shot here. And Kobe <laughs> just pulls up. The, the, the beautiful view comes to my mind, bro, of Staples Center, basically from like the roof of it. And the fans just go wild. Kobe wins the game. The Lakers go up three to one as the seventh seed. Unfortunately, they do end up losing the series four to three. But the reason for me, and and uh, I don't know if it's the same for you, bro, but I know I'll always remember exactly where I was watching this game. I was, I mean, 2006, we were more or less 12 years old. I was about to turn 12 and um, I literally was watching by myself in my room and when he hit it, I was jumping around. I'll, I'll never forget, I, you know, just even the setup of my house, of my everything is incredible. And um, this moment for me, Chris, just, you know, brings the ultimate joy of Kobe, dude. This is who he was. The first shot, the tire was a difficult shot. I know it was right there close, but the pass from Devin. Is it like a 20-foot teardrop? It, exactly. <laughs> it was literally straight up and straight down. There was nothing else to that and again the time so tight and and the fact that we even got that steal on on nash um smush smush smush, smush actually did something good for kobe <laughs> it's it's crazy that you say that bro um because after kobe is literally like hugging smush they're like head to head and he's like i don't know what he's telling him but i imagine you're like great play great steal and we know after they actually ended up hating each other but you know kind of ironic what a moment dude what what comes to mind because i know how much you love this these two plays as well um so real quick didn't smush hit that shot right that got us from down five to down two right before this before uh, the steal right yeah 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 i want to say it was smush i think so too but yeah yeah i i remember exactly where i was too i mean i was 11 years old i believe what you were 12 maybe you're you... be, yeah i would have been turning 12 in, in two months after that okay so we were the same age we remember exactly where we were at the time this was 14 plus years ago um so i remember i was sitting on the couch i was you know I was a little I was a little bored because the Lakers were losing that entire game. They were, you know, they were between like five and eight points that entire second half. I'm like, please, please. Then when they hit that three to bring him up too, I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, edge of seat, smush, Kobe, teardrop, and then I'm just fist pumping. I am just fist pumping all around the house, jumping around. It was so much fun. <laughs> so much fun, dude. And again. How about these are the moments that we remember, dude, to this day, just like vividly, you know, like you said, like I, I, I'm telling you, dude, I had bunk beds because me and my twin sister, we shared the room and we had them on opposite sides. They weren't together, but I'm telling you, I remember which one I was sitting at my little screen and just like jumping around. And then as well, this is the iconic Kobe celebration where I actually still don't know what he was doing when he was like ripping his or moving his jersey from, Ooh. you know, from the, it, <laughs> whoa, and you're like, 
what is he doing? But it was just so much adrenaline, such a big moment. I wish we could have beat that number two seeded Suns team. Again, we know what, what, what happened. I mentioned it there. But again, going up 3-1, I mean, Kobe just must have felt, you know, incredible. And um, man, dude, this just... This was... <laughs> This, this was the same year, the same year as his 81 point game, as his 62 and three quarters. Um, yeah, averaging 35. This is 35. 30. Uh, Man, I mean, he had Smush Parker, Luke Walton, <laughs> Bro, I believe I was Kwame Brown. I was going into <laughs> the team right now, dude, to say the exact same thing. Bro. So <laughs> it was right, literally, I'm looking. It was Kwame, Luke Walton. Smush Parker, Lamar Odom, and then you had guys like Brian Cook, Andrew Bynum didn't play in this game. Then you have Bujicic, like any of those guys, bro. It's like, what? Then that's it. Kobe did yeah, it with those Bynum, guys. 18-year-old rookie at the time. He wasn't he wasn't like on the on the playoff roster. Active. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't active. It wasn't it wasn't the Bynum that we uh came to know, but it's just crazy, dude. With this team again, Kobe had him at three-one, and man, just incredible, yeah. dude. What? Especially, it can't be. It can't be overstated. Like his supporting cast, like Walton's probably Walton's number one moment in his career is when him and Kobe combined for eighty-two on January twenty-second, <laughs> two thousand six. Kobe had eighty-one. He had one. <laughs> he had <laughs> one, but combined his Luke. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. But you're um, right. <laughs> Kwame, I mean, just the supporting cast, bro, was sorry. Yeah, and this is one shot, his game winner that I practiced over and over and over again. Walton to tip it. Kobe with the save. Oh, gotta get, gotta get a shot. You gotta off get here. a shot here. <laughs> Kobe for the win. Bang! And but I missed it more often than I made it though. <laughs> <laughs> and again, with this one was with two defenders right on him. Just yeah, jumping. they knew they knew who was taking the shot. <laughs> They're trying, and and then dude, also thinking about it. I mean, I have it so perfectly memorized. What about the jump ball to get the game winner? how he barely got it before going out of bounds too. What if the ball right. sticks there? What if he tips it? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, nope, gets it. Frame of mind, let's go win this one. And um, greatest moment, greatest moment of Kobe's career for both of us, just of significance of where we were, remembering it, how, how special it made us feel. So bro, I mean, Kobe, dude, Kobe, Mamba forever. And um, if there's, you know, I, do you have anything else to add before finishing up this segment here, bro? Just real quickly on the not as positive side, I also remember exactly what I was doing for game seven of that series, but um, that's for another time. Uh, so I just think we were just so excited because we were so young at the time and we still remember the Kobe and Shaq days and we had missed the playoffs the year before uh and then you know just kobe just put us on his back the entire year and the, i mean nash was the mvp they had so many dominant players on that team joe johnson sean marion uh quentin richardson want to say Bar leandro barbos but i'm not sure i'll have to look yeah. up the roster yeah Le leandro tim thomas like you yep, said tim thomas marion dl boris dl oh yeah you know playing pretty pretty well and then they had Raja as well dude we know 
was a pretty good defender on Kobe historically. He also had that clothesline on Kobe. But, um, uh, you know, like you said, they weren't the number two seed for nothing. So these sons were tough and we got it done, man. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Incredible, Chris. But what a way. You're, you're totally right, man. What a way to end it. We remember this moment because we're little kids. We're super excited. But 14 years later, we're here just as excited just remembering it like we were watching it you know on our couch 10 minutes ago man so super incredible now that we finished our top kobe moments let's talk about what he meant to us in basketball and beyond yesterday we spoke to kobe Bryant, and i asked him i said kobe you're a dreamer and he said yes and i'm gonna dream that i'm gonna be holding that trophy tomorrow night and it looks like he's gonna get his wish jackson looking to throw it in against shaq reggie turns and pumps it up So before we get into what Kobe has meant for us and what he will continue to mean for us, um, I just wanted to talk, uh, bring up a few general moments in his career that didn't make our top 10, but I feel like they were super noteworthy. Um, so we kind of wanted to throw it, throw them in here. Uh, wouldn't you say so, Haido? For sure, dude. I mean, 10 was what we so hard came to down to. Yeah, and I guess 5 and 5 more than anything. But there are also other moments that didn't make that top 5, but that were also significant to us personally, and then still for his career as well. So uh, what do you have, bro? What, what do you want to start us off with that, that came to your mind? So let's start, let's start off with one of the most used gifts, like in sports, is when Matt Barnes with the Orlando Magic Zim bounding the ball. He, uh, Kobe's right there face guarding him. And then he does like one of those like pump fakes to where it looks like he's about to throw it at Kobe's face. And he gets so close and Kobe doesn't even flinch. Yeah. That is the, uh, <laughs> pause for like, dramatic what effects. What's wrong with this guy? Yeah, no, seriously. Like, uh, what's wrong with this guy? Is he not human? And still, Matt Barnes these days, like, I don't know how he didn't flinch, bro. I just heard that he has a, a new podcast um, with Steven Jackson, and they talk about that. And um, what a moment, bro. It just goes to talk about as well the overall, like, gangster of Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't care, bro. He was there. Let's see who backs down first. Is it going to be me or is it going to be you? So, I like that. Um, what, what, what do you got? What do you got for us? My first one, man, that comes to mind um big time moment or moment that i loved when kobe dunked over steve nash in phoenix bro um that was on april 27 2006 just the the highlight of kobe he literally jumped over i mean his like ankles touching nash's shoulder um but that's just a moment that i just love man it's lamar odom scrambling on the ground he literally dives for the ball kind of like does a half spin on the ground gives it to kobe and one jam so that's the first one that came to mind bro i love love that dunk from kobe speaking of dunks and uh almost jumping over people one thing that almost made my list was his dunk over dwight howard when <clears throat> dwight howard was with the orlando magic he just buckled up he almost jumped over him I mean, this is a family-friendly show, but you can imagine what almost jumps over a seven-footer means. So it was pretty disrespectful uh, <laughs> for well, poor dude, Dwight. Dude. That, that he will never, 
I, I'm he lo- I'm sure he loves it now, but before what happened, I'm sure he, he like people will never let him live that down. One hundred percent. And piggybacking off of that, the jam over Yao Ming as well. Kobe had a perfect baseline dunk on Yao Ming. I'm talking like the dude jumped, extended his arm. Jam sesh, let's go. So Kobe didn't do it only to seven foot Dwight. He did it to seven foot five. Yao Ming, fearless. Let's see again. Let's see. He is like, Yao, you gonna block me? Let's find out. And uh, Yao found out he was not gonna block Kobe. Yeah, yeah. That another great pick. Um, I'm straying a little away from basketball with this one. I wanted to bring up how he won an Oscar. He won an Oscar for his short film, Dear Basketball. It was It's an amazing short film. It's his first ever. I, I guess it was his only ever. Um, and he won an Oscar. He was one for one. Like, people dream their whole lives of winning an Oscar. And he, like, even in his speech, he just says, like, you're more than just an athlete. Whatever you put your mind to, you can achieve it. Like, people... I can't tell you how many times I, I just scroll through comments where people are like, just shut up and dribble or just shut up and play sports. You don't get paid to do this. You don't get paid. If you put your mind to something, anything is achievable. And I think Kobe proved that by winning his Oscar. I love that, bro. I love that uh, pick right there. And also um, to, I think, show the significance of winning that award for him. Again, you could also look it up. Kobe said, Winning it, holding the trophy, says it feels better than winning an NBA championship. And they're like, they're like laughing. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm being serious. He goes, because the championship was actually kind of expected. He says, since I was small, that was my goal. That's what I wanted to achieve. He says, but winning this and being here and actually having this trophy, you just said it, bro. There are people that work their entire lives in that industry be it, you know, short film, be it a film, whatever it is, and never achieve it. And Kobe won an Oscar, bro. So it's just like shows how important that they are more than an athlete. One of the greatest basketball players ever, yet he literally has an Oscar win under his belt. So um, incredible choice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Thank you. Um, If anyone wants to watch it, it's on YouTube. It's about five minutes. It's a great uh, short film. Great short film. It is. It is. And it talks it's just Kobe talking about his career. Basically, it's, it's beautiful. Definitely recommend it. Um, for me, bro, another one kind of, I could say, before he even became this NBA player is the significance of draft night, man. Um, people tend to forget. So Kobe wasn't, you know, number one overall like LeBron, um, not even number three like MJ. Kobe was 13th overall, and he was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. So um, crazy to think Jerry West pulls off the trade for Kobe. 13, they sent old Vlad, older Vladi Divox, you could say, before he's a king. He, they sent him over for this young guy, Kobe Bryant. Who is this kid? And I'm sure the Hornets, whoever was making that decision, I mean, it's got to haunt them forever. Um, because he obviously became a top 10 player ever. I just think the the significance, bro, of like, he didn't even wear, he didn't even have a Lakers hat on the picture with David Stern. He had a Hornets hat, you know what I'm saying? And um, they traded him and look what history brought us, man. So that's just another moment that comes to mind that people I think kind of forget, but it's very significant because it obviously changed 
the course of NBA history. Yeah, yeah, that moment cannot be overstated at all. Uh, one of the most important moments of NBA history. Um, one thing I wanted to know, uh, this one, this moment's a little bittersweet because he does tear his Achilles in 2013, right before the regular season ends against the Golden State Warriors. Super sad. It ends up, you know, kind of... He has to kind of retire uh, a few years later after that point. But the moment I'm talking about is how he gets to the free throw line, shoots two free throws, makes them both, and then walks to the locker room on his own with a torn Achilles. That just shows, like, the drive, the passion, and the heart he had for his entire career. You, you, That was one of mine as well, dude. That one cannot be overstated at all dude i mean he walked he felt it grabs his achilles he knew he tore it and then instead of going to the locker room that the, another thing dude the lakers in that moment he the reason he tore his achilles i mean it could have been a, a lot of things dude he averaged 38.6 minutes per game that year trying to just will the lakers into the playoffs um we make it as a seventh seed at 45 and 37 because of Kobe's Herculean effort. Um, unfortunately, he tore his Achilles, but man, to have the willpower, the strength, the, the you know, whatever you want to call it, um, Mamba mentality of walking to the line, hitting both, winning the game, and then walking off, dude. I mean, just just an incredible moment. Yeah, so, um, I agree. Um, just real quick, we'll do one more each and then call it good. What, what, how does that sound? Let's do it, dude. Let's do it. I have, I'll, I'll start off. You could finish us off. I have um, the game seven of the 2000 Western Conference Finals, Chris. Uh, that was against the, the Blazers at home at Staples and the alley-oop to Shaq, oh, yeah. man. I mean, the Lakers, the Lakers were done, dude. I, I, that's, again, history. You know, you only see the results. But in the fourth quarter, the Lakers were down by 15 points. Um, at a point and they just slowly start climbing back again the significance of this dude that was the first championship run the Lakers lose there the Blazers make the finals history is completely different whereas Kobe and Shaq got together and you just had that the video in your mind of the oop to Shaq Shaq runs down the court pointing to his newly born son dude in the stand so it's just like incredible moment the Kobe fro it's, it will be historic forever, that crossover on Scotty Pippen to get that dude. So that's uh, my last moment. What about you? I think that's a great moment. Um, it's still being used today in commercials. You know, the NBA, where amazing happens. Uh, it's It might be one one of, if not the most iconic alley-oop in, in history. Like, how many other alley-oops can you name off the top of your head that gets played over and over again, that gets used in motivational commercials, and it's just the start of something beautiful for the Lakers. So, great pick. I am going to close this out in something that um, it doesn't have to do with Kobe. The, the player has something to do with Kobe, the girl dad. I think um, one of the most significant moments of his life well not moments just significant things of his life it's just like you see these clips and you know people going up to him and Giannis like when you're gonna have I'm sure you've seen this uh, when you're gonna have uh, 
a, a boy. You need someone to a boy. Uh, you need someone to carry on the Kobe name. And uh, Gianna's like, I got this. Uh, don't worry about it. And he's just saying like, I don't need a boy. I'm a girl's dad. We could have five more girls. Um, I love it. I'm a girl's dad. I just think that's so powerful. I'm just so empowering to fathers everywhere that in his second act, as short as it was, he was all, all he was about family and he was. I mean, it was such a huge trend at that point, you know, hashtag girl dad. Amazing, bro. I love it. I don't think um, there's anything to add there besides the fact that Kobe was just so proud of, uh, I think, all of his daughters. But um, like you said, the bond that him and Gianna had because of basketball, I think, was tighter than anyone else, um, you know, that he had with his daughters. Obviously, the two other ones are very small. Um, and what I'll close with is what Vanessa Bryant said, dude. Um, God knew that they couldn't be on this earth without each other, so he had to take them home together. So, um, you know, I think what you just said is a perfect example of that. And, you know, hashtag girl dad, Kobe did the absolute best that he could, I think, with the short amount of time that he had. So, um, perfect, man. Let's get into what Kobe meant to us um, outside of the game. It's official. The Lakers are NBA champions once again. LA wins the 2009 NBA title. As we've mentioned time and again, Kobe meant so much to Chris and I, um, you know, as an athlete, but also outside of basketball. One thing um, we do want to make mention of is we realize, you know, as much as we love Kobe, um, we don't think it's fair to leave, you know, an important aspect of what, you know, what was Kobe's career in life in that we know, we understand that he wasn't without his indiscretions. And, you know, particularly what I'm referring to here is um, the sexual assault case in 2004 um, that, you know, was dismissed, was settled outside of court. We just want to say that um, we believe everyone has a right to their opinion about him and we will leave that right to each individual what we do know is from that incident on kobe really you know made an effort to change his image and become better both as a man and one thing we do know um from what everyone has said is definitely um as a father he did his absolute best but we also um you know do not think it's fair to simply skip that part of Kobe's career. We understand it is part of his legacy, part of everything um, that he went through, but we just wanted to make mention of that, um, that it's not something we take lightly. Again, each individual um, has the right to their opinion about the situation. Yeah, I think you summed it up uh, really well here. I think each individual has the right to, I mean, think about Kobe and what happened in Colorado that day however they want i mean the charges were dismissed um he admits that there he admits that it happened you know um they they settle like you said in civil court which is different than criminal court a lot of people never understood that they always thought that kobe uh quote unquote paid her off but it's just the way it's just the way the system works um but I I, th- I do think it was important to bring that up, um, and it's also important to know that from that point on, I think it did it did shape Kobe's new image. I think it, um, 
I want to say, what, two years after that, he totally changed his jersey to number 24. Uh, do you know the exact day when that happened? It would have been, I think, going into, it was the 07, 08 season, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it was about two seasons. A new day. Not the third. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I the new day, 24 hours in a day. Exactly. Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 no. I, that's exactly right. And he said that as well, you know, that he was trying to kind of change his image. That's also where he kind of created the Black Mamba, I guess, like alter ego, you can say. And um, overall, I again, I completely agree with what you said, dude. I think this changed him as a person and it changed what he kind of focused on and tried to improve. And as we know, in these last few years, we could say since he retired, which is going to be coming up on four years, he's just made it an effort to, um, you know, try to expand other areas, not just men's sports, but actually more women's sports and things of that nature. So again, you know, we don't want to get into the details. That's, that's for another day, but it is important for Chris and I as big Kobe fans to also acknowledge that that was part of um, his history. So we okay. just wanted to make, make sure of that. Um, so now continuing here again, Chris, on the idea um, we've talked about already, you know, our moments and, and different things that didn't even make those top 10. What did Kobe mean to you or what did he represent other than basketball? Why is it, um, you know, that you think he was your favorite athlete of all time? What, what kind of connected you? So I think it was the connection that uh, him and Shaq and then later him brought with my family and I, my uncles uh, on actually on my mom's side. And there's also an uncle on my dad's side, big Lakers fans. My dad, he's a big Lakers fan. So I can remember as far back as the uh, the Pacers series a little bit, the Sixers series, um, the Nets series. What we would do is I would go with him. You know, I'm, uh, I'm five, six, seven years old. And we go to an uncle's house and we, you know, we watch the game. Um, uh, my mom's three brothers and my dad and I and their kids who are also big Lakers fans. And, you know, at halftime, we'd go, uh, we'd go to you know, jump on the trampoline uh, as kids, as kids would do. Uh, and then my dad would climb like, hey, second half started. And I'm like, all right, man, you know, just watch the game. It's just, it's just that relationship at a young age that I was able to develop with family. Um, I think that's why I was originally drawn to him and the Lakers. I don't know. What, uh, what about you? That's, that's awesome, man. That's awesome that um, it was passed down to you in a way. For me, it was uh, different in the aspect that I didn't really have anyone. My brother was a Michael Jordan and Bulls fan. And at the, at the time, as you said, we were five going on six um, when the Lakers won the first championship of the three-peat. And what connected me, man, was I think, first of all, the fact that the Lakers were the team that won the championship at that time. That's not, you know, it's like, let's say two, three years ago when the Warriors started winning. I think as kids, the kids that are, you know, in a very impressionable state become fans of those players. And that's kind of what happened to me with Kobe and Shaq. And I started watching. And as you said, I remember the, the Pacers series. Dude, that's kind of my first memories because now it's the finals. Again, the historical context that I didn't understand at the time, but it was like Kobe and Shaq are trying to win their first one. And the second thing on top of that is 
I have um, an aunt that lives in LA. She's lived there my whole life. And we went there actually to LA um, when we when I was five years old. So it was, actually I want to say that summer, maybe in about May or June. And I remember Chris seeing flags, bro. The flags that you put on the window of your car everywhere dude everyone was driving around with these laker flags and that's where i actually still have a flag in my room right now in in my parents home um that i bought on that trip so like that's kind of how it worked for me is falling in love with the game of basketball but then the team of of that time and they won three championships in a row you know so it was even more so you didn't see one and then another champ it was those three and from there, I fell in love and Kobe just became my dude, bro. So, um, you know, kind of different ways of meeting up. But then we're, we're big Lakers fans. So um, let, let me ask you, why do you think Kobe? Because you mentioned, um, you know, your family and maybe I'm sure your, your dad and uncles and stuff were probably huge Magic fans, Kareem, all of that. But why do you think personally Kobe struck you know, accord, whatever, emotionally, uh, mentally, whatever it was with you and with so many people, with millions. I uh, I think it's a lot of things. Um, so I I really did appreciate hearing uh, what Kobe represented to you as a kid. And I know we was both different for the both of us, but both at same at the same time, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands if not a few million kids just like us uh growing up you know family or growing up uh watching the lakers falling in love with the game at a young age but so kobe being my favorite athlete um i just think it started with you know his work ethic he was able to make any shot um he was a so at the time he was still a laker for life um, and then at that point when, you know, it all fell apart, uh, starting basically with that Pistons series, I can still remember where I was in, in 2004, we were nine years old at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was, you know, crying in a hotel room. My parents, uh, my parents were like, don't cry. It's just a game. And it was just like, it's not just a game though. And that's the kind of the, uh, just the th- uh, thing I've developed with Kobe over the years this is not just a game um, he stayed with the Lakers and then those years middle of the pack uh, years after Shaq left and he was the only one here for us uh, especially that Sun series um, I just think all of that combined is what like made him my favorite all-time athlete you know the game winners he was the first athlete I ever looked up to um, I know I, I love sports. I love, you know, looking up to athletes and stuff, but he was the first one. And um, even even in third, fourth grade, I was so upset because uh, stupid basketball has the stupid rule in youth league that you couldn't be number eight because they don't want to use both hands to call a foul on you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> True. Yeah. So Keep I, it as simple as possible. Like I never understood as a kid how dumb that rule was until you know I became a ref myself, and I'm like, really, I couldn't be number eight as a kid because of that rule. That's just the kind of effect he had on me. What about you? 
yeah that's absolutely great i think the work ethic as well dude to, i think that one is what connected kobe to millions of people just the the mentality of working 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 didn't matter you didn't have to be a ball player you could be anything but if you work hard kind of like you said with that oscar mentality is if you work hard at whatever it is that that you want to achieve you can do it so i i agree i think that's the first thing for me a couple of things came to mind though as you were speaking the first one dude i love like i don't know why man i mean kobe just related i think to that that blue collar like just yeah again put your you know boots on and work but he's a laker man so it kind of that's also why i think he connected so well with the minorities in LA and and stuff like that they could just relate even though they weren't ball players but real quick chris things oh. that came to mind sorry is yeah go ahead go ahead just real quick sorry also that that like jog um he was he wasn't the the surefire um really hyped up athlete no offense to guys like lebron and shaq and stuff but like he's kind he was kind of an underdog story so i think that's what i appreciated him about as well that's dude that's an awesome point you're right even and another thing is kobe even though he came out of high school he was one of the first ones to do so so he was it wasn't still like when lebron in 03 it was more common to do uh, i want to say he was probably one of the top 5 i'd say that probably did it maybe garnett did it before him and of high profile he did it um so yeah i i agree also his upbringing was different cuz that's another thing that people forget is kobe grew up in italy like the guy spoke fluent italian he grew up in a different um you know world almost and all he could connect to was basketball when he was the only you know african american kid with all these kids that first of all didn't speak his language and weren't of his culture so that that super dope and i completely agree that's a very good point um chris when i don't know if you remember if you had a myspace so myspace was big when we were <laughs> like 10 i remember i created mine when i was i think 12 years old um and chris the, the the reason i say this is because if i were i and i told my girlfriend this as well the other day i wish i had the the email and password of my myspace Chris the last you could put you had your picture and your little like status was right next to the picture it was in 07 when Kobe requested a trade and i put i will forever remember it was like Kobe for life that was my that was my status on my MySpace page that i could never get back into and i wish i could like that's how much you meant to me it was like my the, the thing that described me so that was the first that's interesting another one um, yeah yeah real quick so yeah i i mean at that time i'm like i was so torn i'm like do i stay with the lakers do i do i go with him if he gets traded do and then i finally decided like i'm going to root for the lakers at that point but unless they're playing whatever kobe's uh, new team might have been uh It was still I was still going to root for him too. That was a big that was a big time in our lives. It was. It was and he requested it, man. He 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 ended up being a Laker for life and the story goes, you know, we played 20 years, but Kobe wanted out. Fortunately, the Lakers brass said, "Sorry, bro, you can ask for whatever you want. It's not going down." But, you know, that was one thing, Chris. That was one thing that came to mind. Another one that kind of goes along with that mentality of being the underdog. I I I think Kobe 
it's hard to to think of other players that used up Chris as much of the talent and combined it with hard work. So I think Kobe, you know, you can say um, took all the juice out of his of his life of his athletic life, I believe, and left nothing in the tank because of his work ethic, which I think is super super special. Um, because there's a lot of guys that are super talented and simply don't work hard enough, or there's guys that work harder than everyone. They simply did not have the talent to match it. And Kobe is the guy that I think just maximized his entire potential because of his hard work. So um, I think that's also what attracted me to Kobe is just, and this guy is relentless. He doesn't care who his opponent is. He's gonna go, and again, the mentality of who's gonna quit first, me or you? And it would never be Kobe, Chris. And number three, as you were speaking, another moment that just came to mind that was super special that reminds me of how much I love Kobe is the 2009 championship that the Lakers won against the Magic. The Lakers won that one on my 15th birthday. So that's another one. I We were in... Uh, san antonio i want to say in the hotel room and i recorded that with a camcorder bro when we won because it was the first ship since obviously oh two so out and now i was you know a teenager mm -hmm. so that's just another thing and i need to i was talking to my mom the other day and i need to find the the video of it but you know just another moment that i remember being 15 just so happy bro just you know elated that we finally won it again and just, I don't know, man, just Kobe, just something about Kobe just connected, man. So super, just super special, dude. I, I mean, that brings me back to the 2010 uh, championship game seven against Boston. I was actually in a hotel room in Riodoso at that time. So I watched it in the hotel room and it was probably the most stressful game that I have ever seen. <laughs> yes. It was so stressful, but it just made it so worth it. And like, um, yeah, uh, something else that comes to mind is, you know, uh, follow me on Twitter, ChrisMo2413. Follow me on Instagram, Chris.Molina.2420. Um, just like everything had to be, uh, everything had to be related to Kobe for me growing up. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at his fat head on my wall. I'm sitting. I turn to my left, and there's a Kobe Bryant uh, sticker above my above my door. Turn to my right, and I had a, a good friend of mine uh, from Grants, New Mexico, Landon Chavez. I had his brother Bradley uh, like draw me like a super super sweet uh, photo, uh, like not photograph, but like drawing of Kobe, and you know, got it framed and everything. Uh, it's just. It, it, I don't know if people realize how much my life has had has involved around him. Same, man. Same. I, I posted, I don't know if you saw it or not, I posted uh, a video of my room in, in yeah. my parents' house and it's all Kobe, dude. All, and I'm talking like everything, you know, is it, I had, I had Lakers bed sheets, bro, that I slept on this last time that I went home, like literally bed sheets and, and, and kobe pictures i have the shirts. 81 i, I have, have like 10 shirt, shirts everything, you know yeah man so it's just it's just a lot of stuff and you know that kind of brings me now um from being a child and seeing all those things and being so influenced 
brings me to the question of like what do you think you're going to pass on to to your kids and your grandkids about Kobe like what comes to mind that you're like these kids are going to have to know this you know like what what is it what what do you think you're going to tell them about um the great mom just i mean commitment uh, passion drive it doesn't matter it doesn't matter uh what you decide to do just you know commit 110% um just like Kobe Kobe was always you know infamous for being in the gym before the game like being in the gym for a super early shoot around session before everyone else is even at the stadium you know getting shots up that night like uh picking MJ's brain we heard MJ talk about him uh at his celebration of life um just how like how driven he was to be the best at his class and i mean it helps when you're 6-6 but um it doesn't have to be basketball it's just i think that's what i pass on like it could be you know being awesome at you know being a high school student or um going into the workforce or you know going to college or you know proceeding at that point being a family man it just doesn't matter as long as you uh have that drive and that passion like you can be the best version of yourself that you can be i that's it man you hit it i i'm i think that's what i'm going to pass to is, is is well the work ethic like you said of being able to accomplish anything but more than any other thing what i've mentioned already several times is that um you know that strong head of i'm telling you saying like i nobody i'm not going to back down from anyone they might be bigger they might be faster whatever it is i don't care i am going to battle all night and and that's all night refers to a game but you can say it in in life you can say it in whatever is like no matter what i'm just going to keep working hard keep pushing forward to my goals and um you know and and die on the line man die on 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 working for everything knowing that you left nothing in the tank dude and and of course the highlights are going to be flowing hard in my house for my kids you know mm-hmm. this was my dude and one day one day too i'll definitely have you know a a, a game room or, or you know a man cave and that's where all those posters all those um you know everything is going to go i'll keep those for the rest of my life and i'm sure my kids are going to be like who was this guy like was that your best friend or something like nah bro i didn't even know let me show you Uh, this awesome podcast (laughs) yeah 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 actually there you go man you have it is uh just listen to this pod and you're gonna know how much this uh man meant to you know me and my homie and chris i think we're just sharing a lot of what millions and millions of people around the globe are uh you know truly feeling yeah i think you hit it uh nail on the head right there um even to even in his last moments he was still looking out trying to be the best person that he could be knowing what i mean knowing what he knew from back in his younger days you know with what we talked about at the beginning of this segment but uh yeah i think i think that about sums it up Yep, I think that's that's about it there, Chris. I think, you know, we've talked about what he meant to us, who he was as an athlete, some of our favorite moments. And once again, um, you know, I just want to close out by sending my condolences to the Bryant family, Vanessa, his three daughters, um, and 
the other families that were involved, be it, you know, the Sobayan, uh, what is it, Chester, Altobelli, and Mauser, all those families and everyone that was affected by this tragedy, you know, we send our condolences. And again, forever, forever, Kobe, man. I don't know if you have anything else to say, but I'll, I always want to say Mamba out, bro, my boy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, just to just to reiterate um, our condolences as well just you know we're we're sending thoughts your way I wish there was something more we could do but I mean I think the world is sharing in your pain and hopefully sharing in your uh, hopeful healing in the future Um, yeah Mamba out Mamba out Tibbles puts up the three won't go so this brings us to the end of one of the most special episodes if not the most special that chris and myself have had the pleasure of doing uh once again for kobe bryant all the families We send our deepest condolences. We truly hope that you enjoyed this podcast. And always as a reminder, you can find our podcast on Twitter at Small Scoop Sport and on Instagram at Small Scoop Sport Podcast, as well as Facebook is also at Small Scoop Sport. That is where we'll post some updates. That is where you can interact with us. For me personally, you can find me on Twitter at jgut1010 that's jgut1010 and what about you chris where can everyone find you on social media you can find me on twitter at chrismo2413 and you can find me on instagram at chris.molina.2420 um this is usually where i would preview episode 36 but we'll save that for another day and another time. I just wanted to echo uh, our thanks for listening to this episode. This was a longer episode. It's about two hours, I know, but um, it could have been like 81 hours. Uh, <laughs> uh, we could, Haido and I can talk all day about the Lakers and Kobe Bryant specifically, but um, I just, this is something that I didn't see us doing for you know a long long time uh i saw i saw him giving his hall of fame speech next year um you know just scrolling old like he was supposed to but life is short and the healing process has to start somewhere and i think i think uh i want to say thank you for letting us share our healing with y'all and like kobe says mamba out mamba out I hope that tonight is not, you know, you guys know that, you know, if you do the work, you work hard enough, dreams come true. You know that, we all know that. But hopefully what you get from tonight is the understanding that um, those times when you get up early and you work hard, those times when you stay up late and you work hard, those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired, you don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway. um, That is actually the dream. That's the dream. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And if you guys, if you guys can understand that, then what you'll see happen is that you won't accomplish your dreams. Your dreams won't come true. Um, something greater will.
And uh, if you guys can understand that, then I'm doing my job as a father. Thank you guys so much. I love you. And, uh, Mamba out. <laughs>